This is Todd Zwillick, Washington correspondent for The Takeaway. Under contentious debate this week in Congress, don't ask, don't tell. That's the 17-year-old law that prevents gays and lesbians from serving openly in the United States military. Late this week, the Senate Armed Services Committee agreed to approve a repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell in an upcoming defense policy bill. Meanwhile, the House of Representatives was preparing to vote on the floor on the very same repeal. Now, the repeal wouldn't take place for at least six months. That's to give the Pentagon time to complete a review of what it would mean for troop readiness and morale to actually repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Military commanders have asked for that delay. Nevertheless, the repeal was headed for the House floor. Its main sponsor is Congressman Patrick Murphy. He's an Iraq War veteran, a former paratrooper from the 8th District of Pennsylvania. That's Bucks County, just outside of Philadelphia. Now, going into the vote, Murphy knew he would lose a certain number of moderate and conservative Democrats who are from districts where repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell is not popular. So he was relying on keeping enough Democrats and just a small handful of Republicans in order to pass the repeal. I spoke with Murphy in the hours before the vote to find out how he's counting votes and what his message is to wavering members. We're also going to hear from Congressman Bobby Bright. He's a conservative Democrat from Alabama. He does not support repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And finally, Congresswoman Ileana ross Leighton, a Republican from Miami, Florida, one of up to five or six Republicans who are are expected to support repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Thanks, Mr. Murphy. You've been working hard on this. You, you got a vote coming up on Thursday, a freestanding vote on Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Where does it stand right now in terms of a repeal? Sure. Uh, we are the closest we've ever been uh, in the 17 years since Don't Ask, Don't Tell was enacted to finally repeal and get rid of a policy that has hurt our national security and has wasted $1.3 billion of taxpayer money. What's your, what's your pitch to um, members on the fence? Uh, members on the fence, I tell them that I won my congressional race just a couple of years ago by 0.6%. I'm in a tough district. I'm the second Democrat ever to hold it. The reality of it is this. This don't ask, don't tell policy has hurt our national security. There is no reason why we should throw out over 13,500 troops just because they happen to be gay. We need our troops to, to stand, to keep our family safe, not to be throwing them out just because they happen to be gay. Um, you're also on the whipping team. Um, so where do you stand right now? So I'm very confident that our bipartisan bill, that means we have Democrats and Republicans that believe it's in a national security interest of our country to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Uh, they understand that we need to act with a sense of urgency because our troops are stretched so thin in Iraq and in Afghanistan. Uh, we feel very confident that when the votes come up tomorrow, we're going to have the vote. Speaker has said she's not putting it on the floor unless she has the votes. Um, it's going on the floor, so I don't want to assume too much. But Well, we had 192 co-sponsors right. and a couple dozen other um, commitments that they'll vote the right way. So we're feeling pretty good, although uh, we were doing all our homework and, and the last-minute uh, efforts that we need to do to make sure it becomes a reality. You feel like it's locked up right now, or you still have a have whipping job to do uh, between now and between now and Thursday? Well, when I was a paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne Division, even though you check on things, you recheck and recheck and recheck before you jump out of a perfectly fine airplane. <laughs> and it's the same thing here in the Congress, that we're rechecking to make sure that uh, the folks that gave me in Washington sometimes do things that are politically expedient instead of doing what's right for the country. And I know I came down here after serving the military and deploying for our country twice, committed to take an oath to support and defend the Constitution and what was right for our country. And there is no doubt in my mind that repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell 
a policy that has kicked out over 13,500 American heroes that were willing to take a bullet to keep my and your family safe, a policy that has wasted $1.3 billion of taxpayer money is long time and time now to finally repeal it. Thanks. Thanks, Mr. Bright. Uh, I want to ask you real quick about, uh, about Don't Ask, Don't Tell coming up, coming up for a vote uh, on Thursday. The vote you all are going to take has a six-month delay until the Pentagon is ready. Are you okay with that? No, I'm not. Uh, you know what? Uh, we had, I thought we had a pretty good plan in place, and that is to do an assessment. Uh, and once that assessment comes in, us get the opinions of the uh, people who are serving uh, directly. And uh, I, I see no problem in waiting until that time. If we do something now, it's like telling the people who are, on, who are serving today uh, that uh, their opinion really doesn't matter. We're already going to make our decision, and uh, we're, we're not going to wait on you. So, so you know what? Uh, why be in such a rush? This is a very key question, a very key issue. It's an issue that's important, but most importantly, it's important to the people who serve our country every day. Do, do so, you, do you, so, so my position and my district's very conservative, and I'm conservative, and uh, there's no reason why we can't wait until we get the assessment completed in December and then make a determination, of educated determination, and an educated decision based on all the resources and not just uh, heartfelt resources. Do you feel fundamentally beyond the policy that anyone who's willing to pick up a rifle and defend the United States should be able to do so? I absolutely believe that. I believe that's the case, and, uh, but, and, and they can do that today. So my, my whole thought is that uh, we've had a policy over the last, what, 17 years in place. It has worked, in my opinion, and uh, we need to do a complete assessment and then, and then make a determination at that point in time. You know, another six months, seven months, eight months is not, uh, not uh, that important when it comes to a key issue like this. And of all folks, we need to give the respect to our serving uh, members uh, give give their opinion uh, most res- uh, uh, consideration. But, the, but these kids are trained to take orders. If if, if the secretary and the com- and the and the commander of the Joint Chiefs says this is the way it is, then that's the way it is. And they've said it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Well, uh, that's what they're indicating at this point in time. We still need to listen to what they have to say. There's there's a there's a lot of officers out there, a lot of uh, flag officers out there, and general officers out there who have opinions about this, and we need to give them an opportunity to be heard and uh, to make this determination now, uh, even though they're going to delay it and, uh, for a number of months until they get the assessment, uh, you know what, uh, that, that's just not the proper procedure. I, I deal uh, with good old-fashioned common down-to-earth sense, and you don't make a decision uh, until you get all the facts in, and part of making this, de- uh, this decision a good decision is waiting for the assessment hearing what everybody has to say, because we're going to have people who, who want to change it, and, and you're going to have people who don't want to change it. Let's hear what they have to say. I thought uh, Secretary Gates had a wonderful plan, and uh, here we are now circumventing that plan, going around that plan, making a decision here as congressman uh, when we really don't have to at this point in time. So my position is let's wait for the assessment, look at the assessment, uh, plug that information in, and then make a, a more informed decision after we have everybody's uh, opinion. Everyone on the floor saying this is going to be a close vote? Uh, it could be. It could be. I, I don't know. Looks uh, like it anyway. It could be. Yeah. yeah. Thank I'm, you, Mr. I've, I've learned not to make a, 
make a prediction like that with the guys I'm serving with right now. Well, you're not the whip yet, but we'll wait. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Mr. Bright. Lone Republican vote for repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I'm very optimistic that some other Republicans will join me. This is a common sense amendment because I don't think that we should micromanage the military. We don't set height requirements and standards for service. That's up to the military. And so uh, I'm optimistic that people will look at how how much broad support there is for this amendment. We want to have our, our best and brightest uh, serving and to drum someone out of the, uh, the service who are patriotic Americans because of their uh, sexual orientation makes, makes little sense and I think the American people understand that. Let the military make their rules. Uh, they will decide how to deal with this issue and uh, I'm optimistic that uh, uh, this is a, an issue that with time people will understand it makes sense. After all, our men and women are serving overseas alongside coalition partners and whose countries do not discriminate based are, on sexual orientation. You are, sometimes the, you are sometimes the lone Republican vote on issues like this. But, but, I, I wonder if, are you working on colleagues to try to, so that there's not just one Republican standing out there? In the, well, even if I'm the only one, if it's the right thing, it's always the right thing. Well, I even mean if for you, only, I mean sort of but, for, the, uh, for the identity of the party. Really, but not I, know, for, yeah. I know that some of our guys have tough primaries, and that's, uh, that's weighing on them. But I'm for not micromanaging our armed forces. Let them decide what is the best policy. And if Secretary Gates thinks that uh, this compromise is something that he can work out uh, with uh, the men and women on the field, then let's do it. It's in terms of justice and, and civil rights. It's the right thing to do. There's always been um, a lot of uproar when we've wanted females to join the armed services, and, and now we're letting females go into serving submarines. So, um, you know, the social agenda catches up a little bit uh, slower in, uh, in certain structures, and, um, but people understand this is common sense, and, and uh, let's give these wonderful patriots a chance to serve their country. How many Republican votes do you think? What do you think? I think the right thing to do would be to get every Republican and yeah. every Democrat on board. I'm not very good at predicting, and that's why I'm not the Republican whip. Have you heard any yeses from colleagues? In their heart of hearts, they want to vote yes. And then there's political considerations that make them shy away. But I know that we have men and women of great courage in the Republican Party, and they will do the right thing. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you man. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts.